So do you, are there any sort of like most common like period myths that aren't true that you think are important to bring up? Because I know there's a lot of stuff just floating about in general. Oh my but... God, there's so much. <laughs> I mean, the biggest one that is kind of the most, almost the most subtle, but also the most common and frequent one um, is that periods are gross. And you hear it when, I hear it all the time when I'm talking about periods and usually a man, usually a cishet mm-hmm. man will go, yeah. that's disgusting, I didn't need to know that. And I'm like okay that's why 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 and I love going oh why do you think that that's really interesting I'll like keep really calm and be like this is one of my tips actually for people um when when they want to challenge the period stigma as if someone's like oh gross or like oh TMI um let's just go oh why oh I didn't realize you thought that way why do you think that and then they they will never give you a a justification they can Mm. never get past oh it's just gross like they won't have a reason um, yeah, there is. There isn't one. No, there's like, not one. There isn't one. It's just. It's just what they've been taught. Or they might. Some might kind of splutter to going. Oh, I just think all bodily functions are gross, and I'm like. But if I said I was going to the to- just going to the toilet, you know I'm yeah. doing a bodily function, but you're not yeah. grossed out by it. You're not like that's disgusting. Or if I'm like yeah. I'm going for a wee, you're not like ooh, get out of here. get out of town town. you wee yeah you have a hole that pee comes out of um (laughs) but yeah that's that's one that really grinds my gears and obviously is like a a biggie um another one that i see all the time that absolutely terrifies young people is that tampons can get lost um that's not true tampons can't get lost so tampons can get stuck they can't get lost there's a difference um yeah yeah, I've I've had one got stuck yeah. the first time that, I ever used one. Oh no, I, it got stuck. Yeah, oh god, it was awful. Oh my god, that probably school. scarred you for life. <laughs> it did. I was at school. And do you know the joke of it was? And actually, you'll probably laugh and say that has nothing to do with wearing a tampon. But I was at school yeah. and I had like an activity day, mm. and I actually went on a slip and slide. Mm-hmm. So in my head, I was like, oh well, even if like I probably used like the wrong. No, size do you know what? I can see how that might might. Well, do it yeah actually well I kind of thought like oh even if it doesn't like if I don't wear it for long enough say mm-hmm. or like I'm not heavy enough because I again I had no idea like what sort of tampons and yeah like which ones to use, use for what flow and yeah yeah because I was only in year nine so I was mm. what I don't know how old are you in year nine 13 or something I don't even know and guess what they don't teach you <laughs> no they don't and um and and the joke of it is, is when I did get taught about tampons, it was those fiddly ones that don't have the applicator. Yes. So they yeah, just shows yeah, yeah. you like the tampon on its own. And I thought, bloody hell, how the hell did you get that in? Like, what was that? I'm putting what where? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Did you know that, know. Not, which is something I've recently learnt, is that um, in a lot of countries in mainland Europe don't have applicator tampons. Really? They don't, they don't know what they are. So like when they see my TikTok, they're like, what the hell is that? We just have like the normal, like non-applicator ones. Um that's crazy. I know. I, 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 I think the idea of those, I've never really, well, apart from that time, I'd never used one. And the idea of it sounds near impossible to me. Mm. I mean, I can, <laughs> I can see why. It's interesting because I can see why if you've only ever used applicator tampons, you can look at a non-applicator mm. and go, how... What, I think I'm also just work? massively scarred because like oh, I said, clearly, I, yeah, yeah. I went on the I'm slip and not slide surprised. and it got stuck and I remember like yelling out to my friends and all my friends were still at the activity <laughs> day and this girl in the year above just like came around and was like, do you need some help? And I was okay? like, I was like, yeah, it's oh, stuck, no. help me. And yeah, so I'm like mass- and massively scarred. But I think mm. because of that, I even thought 
not even gonna lie up until very recently oh my god what if it gets lost yeah we'll see this <laughs> but is it the can't. thing no it can't so it, like i said it can get stuck so sometimes it can get lodged um usually if a tampon gets stuck it's because it's lodged um just between the cer- the like outside of the cervix and the vaginal wall because there's like a little cavity there um right so that's usually where it is but it can't leave the vaginal canal like there's nowhere for it to go um the vaginal canal is a closed space you have one end is the vaginal opening which is the outside world um and the other end is your cervix and although although the cervix cervix does have a hole in it it's very 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 tiny um mm. and it's not big, definitely not big enough uh for a tampon to get through so you can't lose a tampon it's not going to go floating around your body it might get stuck <laughs> Um, but you're not going to lose it. Like we know. Yeah, like, like know. Yeah, yeah, like you know, like you've experienced <laughs> and been scarred to, for life for. Um, mm. Yeah, and then I think another one is that you are get, going back to kind of what is a healthy and an unhealthy period. Um, but the another myth that really grind my grinds my gears is that people just have a bad period in quotes. Um, so mm. if someone like you know does have a really painful period and talk to someone about it, sometimes even doctors and medical professionals they'll say oh, you just have a bad period. That's just, you know, you're just unlucky. Really? Um, yeah, that's not true. That's just not true. It's um, really bad that they oh, say Oh, it's terrible, that. yeah. The, the the medical gaslighting that happens when it comes to gyne- gynecological issues. There's an amazing woman, there's an amazing journalist and writer called Sarah Graham who has an Instagram, um, and I can't remember what it is. I'm going to find it now. Um, but she... Oh, I I'll can just put it in blog. the... Uh, yeah, or I can put it in the description. Oh, yeah, so she has a blog called Hysterical Women. Um, and mm-hmm. she is a journalist who specialises in women's health, gynaecological health, um, that area. And she does a series on her Instagram of thing of... Um, am I allowed to swear on this podcast, by the way? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so she has a series on her Instagram <laughs> that's called Shit My Doctor Said. Um, or mm-hmm. Shit My Doctor Says or something like that. And it's all like stuff that people with vaginas have heard their doctor say to them about their gynaecological conditions. Um, wow. Or their women's health conditions. Um, and it's ridiculous stuff. And there's a lot of just honestly check it out and read it because it is. I'm definitely going to check that out. That sounds mind so blowing. But she's brilliant and her blog is amazing. But yeah, oh, there's wow. a lot of uh, medical. Ca- oh, I've just seen another one that I was get. I looked through. I used to have a series on my Instagram like last year um, called How Bloody Honest? Question mark. I don't know why I said mm. the word question mark because <laughs> it was like how, but like how bloody honest? Like as a question rather than yeah, like, yeah an exclamation rather like a than statement. like how bloody honest like yeah you know anyway um I get you. and where i'd like debunk myths so every time it would be like how honest is this like fact um oh, and another right. big one that. is um that you are a aren't a no longer a virgin in quotes if you use a tampon um that got that got literally that got shouted around so yeah, much not from true school. first of all virginity is a social construct that means absolutely nothing um yeah but yeah True. it's it it has tampons have absolutely nothing to do with whether you've had sex or not so there's that well there we go boom mic drop that's the yeah. end oh and then another yeah. one i've got another one now because i was going through oh, them amazing. all because when going. i saw that you were asking about um myths i was like oh my god i did a whole series on this um but another one which will be the last one is that you can't get pregnant having period sex you absolutely can yes there you go 
thing. Yeah, because I literally only found that out a few years ago because yeah. obviously I feel like, again, you don't get taught enough, so you mm-hmm. sort of have to Google everything yourself yep. when you start to sort of experience yep. new experiences. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and I Googled it and I was like, oh, shit, yeah. okay. So it's not, <laughs> I mean, there'll be a lot of people there going, you're only fertile for um, like five to seven days of your menstrual cycle. Um, while you're only most fertile for that amount of time, that doesn't mean you're not at all fertile at any other time. Um, right. There's always, while having sex on your period, you are less significantly less likely to conceive. There is still a chance. There's always a chance. So if, like a lot more things have to align and a lot more things have to kind of um, add up, but it can happen. So if you are not looking to have a baby and you have penis and vagina sex, Still use contraception when you're having period sex because it can happen. Yeah, and we and if you don't want it, you, if you, you don't, don't want, want it, use contraception. <laughs> yeah, use contraception. Oh, yeah. uh, contraception. Contra- use some contraception. <laughs> I like the you know what I mean. Twenties radio presenter in the in America. <laughs> yeah, it does. So maybe we could talk a little bit about. Um, products and because mm. like I said in school I only really and since finding your page I've obviously learned about way more mm. but I only really knew about um, pads. Yeah, yeah tampons That's and it. pads and menstrual cups sound like the dream oh, life I'm yet I'm yet to get one because mm. I'm just a huge procrastinator <laughs> and I just never do anything um but I really really want to yeah. but I also had so many questions just generally like how how mm. does it work and things so and any other sort of methods that yeah are, well, not methods but any other things yeah so you have it's 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 there's a lot more than just the old um tampons and period pads and it's not that they're new either that's something i do want to stress um mm. it's not you know particularly you know reusable period products isn't anything new um a lot of families and communities have been using kind of effectively reusable what we'd see as reusable pads um for generations so it's just that it's kind of um come to light particularly in like the western world um yeah it's it's like been introduced as this like oh look at this sustainable thing that you get to pay loads of money for um that's like brand mm. new it's not brand new it's been around for centuries um so you have disposable tampons and disposable period pads um, I don't like the term sanitary because that implies that its periods are dirty and they are not. So I say period pads rather than sanitary pads. Um, oh, that's good. Or, I didn't think I didn't think of it from mm, that. Aspect. Or even worse, sanitary napkins, which I hate. Oh, God. That that's just disgusting. the worst. Um, that just makes you feel sick, I know. doesn't it? Yeah, that yeah absolutely. Um, but yeah, I don't tend to use um, like sanitary towel or sanitary products um, mm. because it implies that they're dirty and they're not. Um, well, I wrote that on the on the questions that I sent over. So uh, now I now I work. <laughs> now you know. There you go. We're all now learning. I know. Um, yeah. I mean, sometimes I still do, and I have to like catch myself. It's you know, it's one of those things that you get used to. But yeah. Anyway, um, so you have disposable tampons, um, disposable pads. You also have reusable pads um, and period pants, which I've put like in the same category because they're made in a similar way. So they're made um, generally of a layers of specially designed fabric. So the top layer. Um, lets the blood soak through the middle layer absorbs the blood um, and then it has a waterproof layer underneath which stops it leaking out into your clothes um, so you can have either that either as a cloth or 
reusable pad um, which like a normal pad you put in your underwear and usually it all fasten with little poppers on the back so you know where mm -hmm. um pads disposable pads you either have uh, winged or non-winged and with the winged ones you fold them around the back and stick them on the back of your underwear um mm. it's a similar thing with um reusable ones except you secure it they have wings um but they're not sticky they have uh, little poppers right. on um oh, and then with period you... oh go on Sorry, I was just going to say, could you can you wear them for like the same amount of time? Yeah. Or do you have to change them yes. more or less regularly? No, exactly the same. So with pads, um, you can wear them four to four to six hours, um, and that's again that's with reusable or disposable. Um, generally, mm -hmm. you say like four to six because sometimes it depends on the brand, and sometimes they'll just give you like a window. Um, and then you with period pants, so that's the same kind of kind of technology um, as uh period pads um but i think it's like a bit more sophisticated it's like a bit more fancy um right. but those you can wear for 12 hours which are amazing i love period oh, pads wow. um, i have to get some of those oh honestly they're incredible i love them for the days where you're not sure if you're on or not so like if you're yeah. not sure if you're going to come on or if you're not sure if you've actually finished um, I yes. love wearing those. I've actually got a pair on today because I didn't, oh, I wow. wasn't sure if I was coming on today or not. Um, yeah. So yeah, they're brilliant for that. Um, and then, so those you can wear for 12 hours. Tampons, obviously you can wear um, for kind of four to eight, usually depending on the absorbency and the brand. So like generally speaking, the higher the absorbency, the less time you can wear them for. Um, and then, then what else do we have? Oh, then we have uh, menstrual cups and menstrual discs. Um, and they are different things. Often people talk about them like interchangeably but they're not the same thing they're completely different products um they sit in different places in the vaginal canal um and are kind of fixed in in different ways so a menstrual cup works by it looks like a little plastic goblet and they're made of usually medical grade silicone um sometimes they can made they can be made from a plastic called tpe um if people are allergic to silicone but generally they are medical grade silicone um, and they have tiny little holes around the rim of the cup, um, which means that when they're inside the vagina, they create a vacuum seal, um, which mm -hmm. stops them from moving around and mean that they, it doesn't leak um, and you don't get any blood coming out. And then to insert them, because they're made of, um, obviously I'm not going to show the camera, but I do have one here that I'm going to just play with while I'm talking about this because it will help me like focus my brain. <laughs> yeah, um, go for it. But so they are squidgy. You can hear it. Hold on. <laughs> um yeah so they are because they're silicone they are soft and flexible um and you fold them to get them to insert them so obviously when they're just kind of in their standard form um you can't just kind of put that up there um so you fold them and there's various different folds that you can do um to insert them and then once they're inside they pop open like that um and then that's how they that's when they create the seal and then all you do when you're, uh, when you, oh, again, discs and cups, you can both wear for 12 hours, which is a dream. Amazing. Um, that is a dream. I know, it's amazing. And then all you do is you take it out, empty it down the toilet or down the sink, um, rinse it if you can. If you're um, out in public, you can just wipe it with some loo roll um, and then fold it back up and put it back in and then you're good to go. And you can wear them, um, you can use them for uh, up to 10 years, sometimes even longer if your silicone doesn't start to break down. Um, wow. but yeah so they're uh, I mean not only are they great for the planet they're also um, a really cheap option they're obviously yeah. kind of more expensive when you initially buy them because they can be between kind of um, 25 and um, or 15 to kind of 30 pounds but 
uh, you are saving yourself money in the long run, which is great. And then discs, similarly, they are in in the vagina um, and you they catch the blood rather than absorbing like a tampon. Um, and again, you can wear for 12, 12 hours, empty, rinse, reinsert, um, but they don't create a vacuum seal. So they sit higher up past the pubic bone. Um, and because they're kind of tucked in behind the pubic bone, that's what keeps it in place rather than um, a vacuum seal. Uh, but yeah, right. similar thing really. And then with a menstrual disc, uh, you can actually wear them during um, period sex. So vaginal penetrative oh, cool. sex. Obviously you can have like oral if you want with any period product in. But um, yeah. vaginal penetrative sex, uh, you can wear a menstrual disc. Whereas you can't wear any other internal period products. So yeah. That's really interesting. Fun fact. And with it. Yeah, really fun fact. With the menstrual cup, mm -hmm. sorry, I'm focusing on the menstrual cup because I, like I say, I really want to try mm. one, but I'm not. Still you want to do your research and get one? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anyone that wants to find out more information, just head over to at Bloody. It's at, just at Bloody Honest. Is that your handle? Yes, that's handle? correct. Yeah. And that you've got so much information on there, don't you? Like, and yeah. you're constantly always there's, putting more stuff there's a up. There's lot of so. stuff, yeah. So it's on. Over yeah, so on. everyone should head over there anyway, Bye. even even if you don't want to know about menstrual cups. <laughs> but um, are there, are there sort of like one size fits all? Or should you have, are there different sizes? Oh, great question. Um, so there are, this is a thing, one of the other differences between cups and discs. Um, generally speaking, you only get one kind of size of disc. Um, but with cups, you get different sizes depending on uh, lots of different factors. So um, you also don't just get different sizes, you get lots of different styles. Um, so are you okay? Yeah, I just sneeze, oh, sorry. I was, I was like, are you, are you all right? Bless you, by the way. Yeah. Um, Thank you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you get different sizes. Um, generally, the very, very smallest will be like pre-teen or teen cups. Um, they're either called like teen cups or like mini cups. Um, and then you'll have usually most, so most period cup brands will have at least two sizes. Um, some of them are called size A and size B. Some of them are one and two. Um, some of them are small and large. Um, but they generally will be the smaller one for anybody under the age of 30 um, who hasn't given birth vaginally. Um, and then the larger one right. will be for anyone over the age of 30 who has or who has given birth vaginally. Um, so those are kind of the sizes that you want to look at. And then you all, that's not to say though so if you have a small cup if you have a smaller cup that you got when you were like 25 and then you turn 30 you don't have to get a bigger cup like if it's still right. working for you um don't worry about it it's just you know if you get a new one um when you're over over the age of of 30 you might want to look at getting a slightly larger one um and then you also have different styles depending on uh if you have a tilted uterus, if you have a high or low cervix, if you bleed a lot, if if you have a very heavy flow, if you get a lot of clots, um, there's loads of different kinds of cups depending on um, what your kind of flow is and what your anatomy is like, um, which can feel like a bit of a minefield, but there's a brilliant uh, woman called Kim who runs an account called Period Nirvana, um mm -hmm. and she has a website where she has a quiz on it that she's um that she's kind of curated to help people figure out what cup might be the best for them um oh so i might you, try that out yeah you definitely should i would recommend anyone getting a cup for the first time i would absolutely recommend doing that quiz first um it's all impartial so you know she doesn't she also has a shop on there so if you 
get one um if you get a result come up that's one of the ones that she sells you can you can buy it there but there she doesn't only do ones that she sells on the results yeah. if that makes sense like she has yeah. loads and she's tested like hundreds out um herself but yeah so that's she amazing. has uh and you can put in how heavy your flow is how often generally like you change tampons and stuff how whether you know that your um cervix is high or low um anything like that and then she it will come up with results that are um would be best for you or that she kind of would predict would be best for you um so yeah that's a brilliant tool for anyone yeah, trying to get a cup handy. for the first time see this is all sorts of, all sort of stuff that you should be taught at school like it's just crazy isn't it like, like i'm 23 and i'm only yeah. just finding this sort of stuff i out. know and also but it's the work the further i get into it the more i'm like this wouldn't even be covered in one class like this would be no. this would be like at least a week's worth of um worth of sessions but yeah it does it's it's mental that we don't we aren't teaching anyone this and getting boys involved as well you know um not saying that um periods are gendered at all they are not but at school generally you're split girls and boys and the girls learn about periods and yes. the boys learn about their willies um everyone should learn about periods because if you don't yeah. even if you don't have periods you're going to know someone in your life that does um yeah. and if you don't know about about them and understand them how are you going to support them as best you can so exactly um, yeah I think that's ridiculous as well <laughs> and also I think that leads us nicely onto talking about period stigma is mm. that a lot of the time because like men and well, boys at the time yeah. when they're at school aren't sort of introduced to periods and sort of talked about it normally they then start that's what you, like what we said earlier um sorry I thought you froze then oh, no. that's like what... I was just listening <laughs> intently I was like mm. yeah. <laughs> sat very still I was like wow <laughs> um they're kind of sort of taught to think it's gross and it's not and it's something that they can't talk about and, oh god we shouldn't talk about periods that's disgusting yeah like, Ugh. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, you know, the, the age old saying is that um, uh, aversion comes from fear or whatever it is, or misunderstanding mm. or something like that. Um, and the fact that, you know, you're always scared of something you don't understand, um, or yeah. always kind of disgusted by something you don't understand. And I think that is absolutely the case. Like, the fact that we're not including all genders in these discussions means that people mm. who don't have periods are obviously going to be feel left out and feel like it's something gross. Because every everything in society is telling them that it's gross and that it's not for them um and they shouldn't know about it and that they you know should be disgusted by it so i think um i think educating all genders at school about periods would have a lot to answer for in terms of the stigma there would like it would just be the tip of the iceberg but i think that's um absolutely the place to start is teaching yeah. everybody about it because um, like obviously guys think it's boys think it's gross and then you then like also, yeah even the fact that you are separated so we can't talk about this in front of a boy mm. makes you think that you're gross because yeah. this is something that can't be spoken about in front of some exactly. people and then like you're in class and oh shit i need to change my period like my yeah. period pad or i've got to slip it up my sleeve yeah. and like try and get yeah. oh, you always get your mate as well or is it come through my skirt yeah. like, can you just check yeah. i haven't I'm like just gonna walk in front yeah yeah and it's crazy isn't yeah. it because it's just it's just wrong it's, it's just not ridiculous. needed and it's just you know it's like perpetuated by um stupid stuff like not um not showing blood as red in period product adverts and um mm. it's all telling you that it's disgusting and gross and shouldn't be spoken about which is not the case 
No. <laughs> it's just I not could, the case. I, could, I will get livid if we go on about it for too long. But yeah, it's uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. And I think the biggest and um, first place to start should be educating absolutely everybody about it. Mm. Mm. Do you think there are any other like key things that sort of you could do in like an everyday sense to, to sort of challenge it or do you think yeah like, I, I think the key one is on talking about it so I, I mean yeah. I know that's easier said than done um for somebody that I sometimes forget that not everybody wants to talk about periods as openly as I do so mm. <laughs> when I kind of talk to someone about periods and they're like oh I don't I like I don't like talking about periods I'm like what <laughs> But then mean? that's part of the problem, isn't it? Kind yeah, of. Yeah, I think. Like, why, why don't you? Want, like, I know I you shouldn't. I do get it. Like, I do get yeah, it. Yeah, because... and you have to be sensitive to everyone. Yeah. I completely understand yeah. that. But also, it comes from a, for me, it comes from a space of, like, you shouldn't be ashamed to talk about it. Like, yes. it's something that happens to you and yeah. it's natural. So you should feel comfortable. Yeah. But I do, for sure. I do respect that some people aren't comfortable. And my kind of issue is, if you personally don't want to talk about periods, that's fine. But don't. Yeah shame other people into not talking about periods yeah. because the shame and the stigma around periods is actually physically harming people because the so young people who menstruate um I don't know the exact stack so I don't have it on me but there's something like a quarter of them are too embarrassed to see a doctor about their periods because of I'm actually going to make sure I have the right stat on that because um mm. I want to know for sure it actually might be about 15% but I'm going to check um but people people aren't going to the doctor about their periods because they're embarrassed so if you that's shame crazy. someone for talking about their period that's gonna that could potentially directly impact whether they see a doctor or not because they're embarrassed yeah. and if they end up having a gynecological condition like endometriosis which is progressive by the way so it gets worse as, as time goes on um mm. then that means that if further down the line if they wait years and years and years to pluck up the courage to go to the doctor and then further down the line they you know can't have a baby or whatever you've potentially by telling someone you think it's disgusting say talking about periods have impacted mm. how quickly they sought help um yeah. so if you don't want to talk about your own periods that is fine yeah you know you do you i get it not everybody is as open or wants to be as open as I am or as we are that's cool but don't you dare shame someone yeah. else for talking about it because you have no idea what the implication implications of that you don't yeah. you you know if someone if someone else is really shy about it and sees you shaming them or shaming a different person they're never going to speak about it they're never ever no. going to talk about it so I think like my that's really that's a really important message to put yeah. out there actually because like you sometimes don't think about it that way either do mm -hmm. you because like i know like some boys probably think it's just oh it's just a bit of a laugh like it's funny yeah. ah, like no. that's disgusting and like it's not it's more than that it's yeah. not just a laugh for some people like it can potentially really really damage Absolutely. or harm them and a third so a th around a third of um people or young people who menstruate um actually get anxiety around their period and not even not even like you know they have anxiety and it's worse around their period they're in, they're anxious about the embarrassment of periods yeah so that's it's so sad like directly as a result of people saying nasty stuff or, or feeling even if someone hasn't kind of actively said anything um it's that kind of sense of shame and um mm. and like and stigma and taboo um I'm just finding that that statistic so that I yeah I just sure think like right. as I get older and older and I like learn more and I'm like putting myself out there to learn more because it's so important to just to never stop learning really is mm. it in terms of anything and I just think 
why don't we just all be kind? I know, I completely like, agree. Like Harry Styles says, treat people with kindness. Oh, I love Harry Styles. Me too. It is a qu- it is a quarter, by the way. I was I was right first a time, quarter. which is bigger than I I ended up going down to. That's a lot. Of, um, that's but yeah, a so lot a quarter. Yeah, a quarter of young people. So um, I think like fourteen to twenty one um, are too would be too embarrassed to go to their doctor about their period. And then wow. yeah, thirty percent experience anxiety relating to the embarrassment of periods. Um, yeah. And I think it's like one in ten. Oh, one in five um, have been teased because of leaking. Um, and it's then more wrong. than one in ten have had a derogatory comment. And the exam- one of the examples in this study, um, I can't remember who this who did this study. I think it was the Plan International UK one, which is an incredible study if anyone's interested. Um, mm. But one of the examples that they ga- gave was um, that it's like just an excuse to act like a bitch. And so mm. like one in ten people have had have experienced comments like that. But yeah. Um, Another, oh, but yeah, I, I know it's hideous, but that's why I, I, I get really angry when people, or not angry, I try and approach it with kind of a rational mind and talk to them yeah. properly about it because you're not going to get anywhere being angry at someone. No. Um, but that's why I, I really do try and, and convince people that shaming someone else for talking about periods is not, is not the way to go. Um, but yeah, so, but one thing you can do to challenge the stigma generally in your day-to-day is just talk about periods. Just start mentioning them. Like, you don't have to do what I do and come on a podcast and talk about how to put a menstrual cup in. But, you mm. know, when you're going to the toilet to change a tampon, just be like, oh, I'm just going to change my tampon. Or, like, um, yeah. you know, not, not that you and might announce that, but if someone's like, oh, where are you going? Just be like, I'm going to change my tampon. Or if someone's like, yeah. oh, are you feeling all right today? Just be like, oh, I've actually got really bad period pain. Like, just mention, you know, stuff like that. You don't have to discuss in detail the contents yeah. of your period pad. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But just mention like that's it. actually... Yeah, that's actually quite an easy approach. Yeah, to sort of, really easy. Like, don't isn't it? don't put your tampon up your sleeve. Just carry it to the toilet. Like, yeah. And also, what I find when people start doing that is that you'll probably be surprised how little people care. Um, yeah. Because people don't actually kind of care. There will definitely be people who are like, "Ugh, t- too much information." Like, that's gross. But no one's gonna like recoil in horror and be like, "I cannot believe no. she's just done. She's just done that." that's disgusting get her out of here like never want to see her again yeah and like you say like if someone does question it you just say oh why do you think that yeah why does that bother you Mm -hmm. and then like you say they probably won't have well they won't have an answer so they can't get further and then you realize that it's actually not that embarrassing yeah exactly so those that's my um my top tip for tackling the stigma is just talk about it more just just mention it because the more the more it's just kind of dropped into normal conversation um you know, oh, feeling rough today because I'm due on my period next week. The more it's like completely standard, it's just commonplace, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It just norm, like you say, it just normalizes it. Mm, absolutely. Well, I could talk about periods all day, but I'm afraid we've run out of time. Definitely, so could I. <laughs> Obviously. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Yeah. I know you could, but I, I find it so fascinating. There's mm. actually, so, there's just so much to cover. Yeah, there definitely but, is. But one thing, so one thing I do ask at the end of every podcast, I ask each guest is what is one piece of advice that you'd give to your younger self? <gasps> oh, uh, so the one piece of advice I um, say that I get, someone actually asked me this recently. Oh, really? I can't remember what it was for. But yeah, I've been asked this recently. And I said, um, I would say to my younger self, uh, work, um, put more of an effort into learning to love yourself sooner is what I'd mm. is what I'd say 
That's a really good one. Mm. That's a re- no one said that yet. So that's a really no? good one. No. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're the first. <laughs> Amazing, but yeah, that's what I'd say. No, that's a really good self. one. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking. Thank so you so much for having me. I've had a really nice time. Oh, I, t- I, I, mean, I, I could li- yeah, like I said, I could chat about this for hours. So <laughs> thanks for being so informative. You're welcome. I'm glad you feel informed. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do feel really informed. Well, you never know. Maybe we could do another one with some more questions if people mm. if people want to hear. If that's something. Yeah, if anyone's got questions, send them in. We'll do another one.